whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Hey friends, Karen Pennington here, and I want to weigh in on a topic that can be controversial in some churches, and that is the topic of Halloween. Uh, This is something that's come to our own church. Um, We have a very loving church, people with different backgrounds, different religious backgrounds. We love Jesus. We try to seek the scriptures, but in this case, there's a few different opinions, you know, and on one side of the extreme, it's what's the big deal? Yeah, what's the big deal? Kids are just celebrating. None of it's real. Let them have their fun and eat their candy. And on the opposite extreme, there's the, there's nothing good about it. It's totally evil. We need to stay as far away from it as possible and not acknowledge it and just do something totally different and not even act like we're going to be even part of it. And, <laughs> and somewhere in the middle is most of us. Um, I will tell you that I do not subscribe to either end of the spectrum. I do not believe in burying my head in the sand and acting like evil is just a bit of fun any more than I say teenagers who dabble in drugs or anybody of any age who dabbles in casual sex or even jokes about it, that that's not fun. That's winking at sin. That's not fun. And on the other extreme, I do not believe that it is our job as Christians to be legalists, to um, stay away from Anybody who's involved in anything that we call evil. Now, yeah, don't. I'm not saying do it. But if we say I'm not going to have anything to do with anyone who's sinning, first of all, we can't talk to ourselves. <laughs> Let's just say that. And secondly, how are we lights in the darkness if we refuse to be in the darkness? We're lighting up our own selves, you know. Uh, that's the brief of it. That's the Cliff Notes version of it. Uh, now let me tell you why this brought about. We're having our church um, has chosen to have a harvest party this Sunday. Uh, it's right on Halloween. It is instead of doing trick or treating, we're doing trunk or treating. So people are going around to the trunks and uh, getting candy, and we're going to be trying to use it as an outreach event. We are strategically located in an area of our city called the Hope Desert. Actually, my pastor calls it the Hope Desert. Pastor Tim Smart. Uh, It's literally called a food desert because there are a lot of people who do not have cars and it is not within a walkable distance of whole food stores, like stores that actually have, you know, fruits and vegetables and cheese and things like that. So there's a bunch of convenience stores. So because of that, it's hard. It's not like, um, you know, out in the country country where people all have cars and they can get theirs. People have a hard time getting to these fresh foods and the healthy food, so it's called a food desert. He calls it a hope desert because, well, for the same reason. Um, people aren't. It seems to be a lot of people that don't have access to hope or even a knowledge of it or an understanding of it. And there's a poverty mentality. There's a lot of addiction. There's a lot of questioning of identities, sexually, gendery. Am I even worth something? E, you know, all of these kind of things. So we want to be a light in the darkness. And for this reason, 
we chose to have a harvest party right on Halloween. Now there are some concerns about it. Um, as we move into it, um, from godly people who love the Lord. And it's good to have these concerns. Um, the main concern is that we don't want to look like the world. So since we don't, and this is really where that idea of don't have anything to do with Halloween, don't go anywhere near it, we don't want to eat candy, we don't want to do anything else, goat comes from. These are people that um, maybe have grown up with the idea or have been exposed to the idea of how much those who subscribe to Satanism and witchcraft and any kind of pagan thought really honor this holiday and worship on this holiday and how there is that there is a tactic they sort of for better of a word evangelize they proselytize people this is a time where evil is proselytizing this is a time where people are celebrating death and fear this is a time there's there's no doubt about it and the thing that makes it so easy is we make light of it on that day which is absolutely true Ouija boards are somehow games to be played instead of you know, deathly things that can bring about curses in your life. Uh, somebody had said something about people cursing candy, Halloween candy, trick-or-treat candy, and maybe there are. I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't witches, warlocks, people in paganism. Whether you call yourself a white witch or not, if you're... Witchcraft is still not Godcraft. It's still not miracles. It's still relying on something other than God, which means it's both... Sinful and dangerous, which is the same thing. Sinful and harmful, same thing. Um, so what do we do about it, right? Um, so there is a concern that we don't want to look like just any other thing, any other place. We don't want to just, what's the point of just having a party and handing out candy? That's just what we do on Halloween anyways, right? And... Um, we even were talking about when you do trunk, trunk or treat, that's where you go around and get candy from the cars. That there's still that idea of trick or treat, which has that paganism in it. Um, dressing up is still that idea of, or this is, you know, this is the argument. Still the idea of, are we really trying to blend in with the world? Are we trying to be different? And do we really want to hand out cursed candy? And do we really want to associate with anything that has to do with Halloween? And, um, it can be a tough question, and people really are trying to have the right answers. They don't, you know, but I submit to you, when you get so far into what if somebody takes it the wrong way, then you're subscribing to the very fear that you're saying you're trying to avoid. Halloween is a, is a, um, is a day, well, Dia de los Muertos in, in Spanish, Day of the Dead. It's a day to celebrate death, and, and I, I, for one, am not going to celebrate death. I, for one, am not going to subscribe to witchcraft. And when I lean into something that's supernatural, it's not going to be something other than God. Or at least I'm going to try not to. You know, I'm not saying that. We don't make mistakes. So there's a balance, I think, that needs to be made there. And then the argument on the way back is, um, well, if we don't shine in the darkness, who will? You know, this is an opportunity. People come out. And we'll walk up to your house and knock on your door. We'll walk up to your building and knock on your door. So we're just going to let them walk everywhere else. And so this, there's this thing. And honestly, if we do have a party, I've been to church parties on our Halloween parties. And they were spooky. 
And there were, I don't care so much about spiders, those are everyday things. There were witches, there were warlocks, there was bubbling up things. I've been to church parties where I've had my palm read, where I've had my fortune told. Um, kind of makes my skin curl that, that that's taken lightly. Because why would we do something that we know is dishonoring to God and then do it like it's fun? Why would we tell a fortune? We don't tell fortunes. There's a prophetic aspect where you're asking God and seeking scripture and you can hear through scripture and through prayer. It's not to give you what you want. It's as God decides to reveal to us, we reveal to each other and we pray through it and we do it humbly and not for money, not for fun, not for kicks, we do it for God, you know, and that feeds us because when we serve God, we always get more back in return. And, um, so I'm hearing these conversations. We don't, I, I, I will say, I think my church is pretty mature about these kind of things. We, we try to talk through them. We invite different perspectives and try to pray through it. Um, but here's really where I'm at, you know, first of all, yeah. Why would we celebrate evil? Why would we celebrate evil? Why would we let our children dress up like witches and think it's funny? I don't know. And I, I think, I know for Harry Potter fans and things like that, that there, there's a line there that you really have to decide between you and God and your children. And um, I'm not judging people whose child dressed up like a skeleton, you know, or dressed up like a warlock. I would say be careful. I would be, say be careful what we're deciding is fun. And saying we've always done it that way is a horrible excuse. And saying it's not real, look at scripture. Look at Ephesians. Um, look at Acts. Witchcraft is real. We have to be very careful how we deal with it. And if we're going to allow our children to even, like, say, put on a Harry Potter robe or something like that. Um, I've seen the Harry Potter movies. I've read the Harry Potter books. Um, I personally have been tried to err on the side of holding off and making sure that my daughter understood. Like, understood. We don't celebrate evil in this case. Let's be honest, those of you who are anti-Potter, Harry Potter, for reasons of faith, also look at Lord of the Rings that was written by a devout Christian that also has witchcraft in it. So, uh, is that witchcraft symbolic of something? Are we using something that people understand to symbolize God? You know, Harry Potter is a Christ figure. There's all these things to look at. But what I'm saying is, as you look at it, look at it through the eyes of what honors God. Uh, can you honor God by looking at the story and saying, we're going to reject the witchcraft. We're going to say witchcraft is bad. But in that, we're going to say, here are the good things that are brought out. Here is the truth that's brought out. I would say that if you watch Star Wars too. I would say anything, put on those eyes for everything. Put on those eyes when you're listening to a Bible story or a sermon. Is this honoring God? Is this truth in it? And what aspects of this can we cling to? What aspects of this can we say no? You can listen to a great sermon and disagree with some of the stuff in it and say, but I'll cling to this and I'll cling to that. I think that Halloween is a really great opportunity to talk through those things with your children. Um, and if you just subscribe to it all, you are opening your kids up to make some really stupid mistakes some really harmful mistakes. I think you're probably making a harmful mistake if it's like, you know what, 
go to the orgies, go to the parties, be a kid, do the Ouija boards. I mean, most parents say, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So we all have a filter somewhere, right? But on the other hand, when you're teaching your children to just ignore it all, I'm not saying you have to celebrate it, but to ignore everything, you're teaching fear. And same thing, they're not thinking through it. Um, I'm thinking of this thing where it says, the candy is cursed. That might be right. There could be people. There could be people into witchcraft. Um, this particular community has the world's first spiritist community, which is like this little camp where there are mediums and everything. People go there certain times of the year. It's a, I'll be honest, I think it's a little bit creepy. <laughs> if you go to that community, I've been in there. I sensed something in there. I, the really hard thing is they use words like angels. Um, fallen angels, but, um, people didn't seem unkind or anything. I had to go there for a job I was doing to interview someone. Prayed the whole time. I had my husband praying while I walked in to interview the person. <laughs> but, um, so that the power's there and it's very subtle because it's not necessarily mean people or even people that want bad. It's people that are deceived just like any other false thought. And, um, they might be decent people, but I'm just saying don't make light of it but isn't it in one way making light of it if we do nothing you know and so these people at the church that are saying I don't think we should do this I don't think we should do this harvest party I don't think we should have anything to do with anything in Halloween I would say to you very strongly so what are you gonna do what are you gonna do don't go near the darkness how can we be a light if we don't go near the darkness how can we say that we love and then have nothing to do with the people who need the light. And even the candy thing. If you're saying candy is cursed for Halloween, guess what? That same candy they use for Halloween, people are buying in September and November and December. So do you feel so? And you might buy it six months later. So if you feel so strongly that candy's cursed so you can't eat it, are, are you not eating any candy at all? Or are you just saying, I'm... I'm objecting to the candy that's passed out on Halloween night. Just don't eat any candy at all. If, if we're going to go through this logic, don't eat any candy at all because you have to be afraid. Or you can say my choice to eat candy or not is my choice, but I'm going to go ahead and bless it. I'm going to go ahead and cancel whatever assignment that Satan has had on it because I believe in spiritual, but I also believe that God's more powerful. Guess what? Satan can't take from you anything you don't give him. Period. Satan cannot take from you anything that you don't give him because it's not his. It's God's and under God's authority, you get to own it too. You get to have ownership of it. We get to have ownership of it. Satan can't take our purity. Satan can't take our authority. When we are in Christ, Satan owns nothing. We have to give it to him. Can Satan do things temporarily to hurt us? Absolutely. The book of Job is about that. But guess what? If Satan does things to temporarily hurt us, what that really is is a deposit in a faith bank and we get it back with interest later. He can never keep it. And Satan owns nothing that we don't give him. So why are we giving him Halloween? Why are we giving him this day of the year? This day where darkness rules and triumphs, but it's also a day of celebration and joy. Why do we have to take away the celebration? 
if you really don't want your kids to eat candy, then don't. If you really don't want kids to trick or treat, don't. I, I'm not saying you should make your kids trick or treat. I'm not saying you have to go to a party. I'm not saying you should do anything of that. But to be worried, yes, be intentional about making sure that you're light and darkness. But to say we can't have a celebration of life on the day of death, to say that we can't pass out candy and give things and pray with people on a day where the forces of evil are P-R-E-Y, praying on people. I want to pray with people instead of having them be prayed upon. Let's think about it. If you're really worried about, if you're not worried about Halloween at all, think about what you're doing. Think about what you're promoting. I'm not really worried about Halloween. But if you're not worried about Ouija boards, if you're not worried about evil and spookiness and celebration of death, it isn't just a game. If you're so worried about it that you want to have nothing to do with it, do with it, then who are we as Christians? If you don't want to be part of a harvest party, that's your choice. If you don't want to be part of trick-or-treating, that's your choice. But if you're saying all this with great concern that the forces of evil are winning, what are you doing? What are you going to do on Halloween night? If you don't want to have a harvest party, fine. Live based on your convictions. If you don't want to dress any kids up because that's too much like Halloween, fine. But if you're going to be upset that we're doing it the wrong way, what are you doing? Because I would rather move forward in the love of God to try to poke light in the darkness the best way I can, knowing I'm going to make mistakes and learn from them, than to do nothing. Is that not like burying our talents in the sand because we don't want to offend? Do something. If you're worried about it, do something. That's my challenge to you. How can we be light in the darkness? How? Maybe our lights will look different. Maybe it will be a harvest party. Maybe in some places it will be not having a harvest party. Maybe it will be not passing out candy. But are you praying? Are you doing something other than complaining about how the enemy is winning? What are you doing? That's really where my passion is. If this is a problem for you, live by your convictions, but live. Don't just sit there and do nothing. There's a scripture here. I'm a little ranty today. I apologize. There's a scripture here. This is uh, Acts 17. Paul in Greece. That very night. Oh, I'm sorry. i got to move up. This is a verse 16 of Acts 17. Uh, New Revised Standard Version. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons. And also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. The Agora, that open center of town where people from all different religions came. Now by view of stay away from it, it's evil, he'd have never been there. He was probably um, criticized by some people because he went where the pagans went. Jews aren't supposed to go where the pagans go. Jews are supposed to go where the Jews go. But he went both places. 
Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. So he's in a pagan debate, you know. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said he seems to be proclaiming of foreign divinities. That's because he was telling about the good news of Jesus and the resurrection. He went to the darkness and he became the light. Because the light was in him, you know. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, may we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting? Sounds rather strange to us, so we'd like to know what it means. So Areopagus literally means hill of Ares. It was that, it was kind of a ruling council, but it was also a place that's a, almost, I don't know, inner chamber. It would have still been in the Agora open place, but it, he got brought to the big, big guns, the big guys. It sounds rather strange to us. Now, the, all the Athenians and foreigners living there would spend their time doing nothing but telling or hearing something new. Huh. Sounds like Paul was doing what everybody else was doing. He went to a part of the market where everybody else went. Was there a danger there that he might look like everybody else? Maybe, but he went there. Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. Paul noted something good about a different religion. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the object of your worship, I found among them an altar with inscription, to an unknown God. What therefore you worship is unknown. This I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the place where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, even as some of your own poets have said. For we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offsprings, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the things of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has a fixed day on which he had, will, we will have the world judged in righteousness by the man whom he has appointed. And of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Paul went to the darkness and he was the light. Did he participate in the darkness? You tell me. Did he talk to those who were involved in darkness at a point that was seen as very eclectic? Halloween, Christmas, any other day. Yeah, Christmas. Let's just go there. Let's just go there. Christmas is on December 25th. That's the winter solstice, which 2,000 years ago was the uh, shortest day of the year. So on that day, they celebrated, well, in Mithraism, the god of the sun, Mithraos. The birthday of the sun, because they figured that must have happened on the shortest day of the year, when the sun was the smallest, when the sun was out for the least, right? So 
we decided that Christmas, Jesus was not born on December 25th, I think maybe October. So are we wrong for taking Jesus' birth and taking it to a pagan holiday? Or did we take back the holiday? Did we take back that day for God? We use a Christmas tree, which is a solstice tree, which is a pagan thing. So are we... Do we serve a pagan when we have the Christmas tree up? Or are we saying, you know what, this is an evergreen. So we're not gonna we're not celebrating false life, we're celebrating eternal life through not the sun god, but the son of God. Instead of giving people an excuse, instead of allowing people to celebrate a day, we're gonna take it back and say, celebrate what needs to be celebrated, celebrate true everlasting life, celebrate the true Son of God. Still celebrate. We don't have to... This whole celebrate... The Old Testament, six months of the year you were celebrating. If you look at the church calendar, six months of the year is some sort of celebration or preparation of celebrating. Ordinary time is only about six, seven months long. You have Christmas, celebration for, preparation for Christmas, preparation for Easter, celebration of Easter, preparation for Pentecost, celebration of Pentecost, Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, the first day of the year. Constant celebration. Celebration isn't wrong. Candy isn't wrong. Dressing up isn't wrong. But how and why makes a difference. I will submit that we still bow to a lot of pagan gods during Christmas. Um, we have this little myth that if we're good, somebody will bring us presents. So we have to be careful with that. With children, when children who have more means get more presents, is that saying they're good and the ones without means aren't? We have to be careful what we're teaching. Uh, we have to be careful what we're celebrating and why we're celebrating it. But by all means, celebrate. And when we walk away from the things that we think aren't of God, make sure we're not also walking away from the people who need God. Just food for thought. I'm mulling it over in my own mind. In my prayer today, oh Jesus, help us all work this out. We're still leaning forward. Help us to know the difference. Help us to live by conviction, but not by fear. Help us to stay away from the things that do not honor you. Um, and help us to have enough love to lean into the things that you would have us lean into the people whom you would have us love and give us a humility to know that sometimes we're not going to get it right but the faith to know that you'll use us anyways in your name amen be blessed and have good conversations today